Hello, everyone, and welcome to Lockdown Flames. Today, we are talking about everyone's favorite pest and the one half of the iconic Kachuk brotherly duo. Give it up for Matthew Kachuk. Your Locked On Flames, your daily podcast on the Calgary Flames. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Locked On Flames. If you're new here, hello, welcome. My name's Jess. I'm very happy to have you here. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Jess Belmosco. And thank you so much for tuning into Locked On Flames and making the show your first listen of the day. You can find us, <clears throat> you can find us anywhere you get your podcasts, including Stitcher, Spotify, Apple, Audible, Odyssey, you name it. We're free 99 everywhere, including YouTube. Uh we, we need to just dive right in here and talk about Matthew Kachuk's season because the growth that he had from the shortened season with all those funny little Scotiabank sponsored divisions to this full 82 game season is commendable. Um, it was a career year for him and he adapted to Sutter's system almost immediately. Last year, he, I'm referring to last year, um, as the shortened season, you know, Sutter came in and kind of took over and he did some finagling with the ice time and whatnot and kind of tinkered with what he thought would work for the team. And there were rumors of Kachuk being upset about his ice time being shortened and kind of being played with. But at the end of the day, there were no signs of that carrying over to this season. I am thrilled to see that he had 104 points this season with 42 goals. This, I now that we've covered like the whole first line, I think it's easier to kind of say that that top line is so, they elevate each other. They elevate each other. They really bounce off one another well. And Johnny takes them to another level because they weren't doing that with whoever was on that left wing before. Um, You know, I think he had a really great season in terms of his production, in terms of him not getting suspended. Uh, He toned everything down a bit. And I think a lot of that does have to do with the Jake Muzzin incident that happened in, obviously, in Toronto uh, during the shortened season. And we're going to talk more about that in a little bit because I do want to kind of talk about the quote-unquote instigator that uh, Matthew Kachuk is. But I think he was able to tone things down and kind of rein it in, number one, with maturity. Number two, he knew that he needed to kind of step it up and be a better player. And toning things back and, you know, kind of reining things in helped his game. He was able to focus more on the hockey rather than pouring his energy into things that didn't necessarily matter. It wasn't about retaliating or just getting under people's skin. Personally, I wish he kind of did squared up with uh, Brendan Lemieux when after he ended up fighting Brady. I think that would have been um, 
kind of entertaining, but also like really funny too. But, um, you know, I think that he did kind of grow and mature in that way. But I wish I could say the same thing for the postseason. I wish I could say that he wasn't uh, spreading himself too thin in areas that didn't necessarily matter as much as scoring goals. He had 20 penalty minutes through 12 games, and he found himself at the heart of the problem. You know, uh, I think that he obviously, obviously I'm not saying this is like a, a bad thing, but he would instigate other players and he would kind of push players' buttons. But then it was, you know, after the whistle or um, just kind of the extracurriculars that didn't need to happen especially in that series against Dallas. I thought that that was just so frustrating. You just wanted to yell at your TV the entire time. Anytime someone took just like a silly penalty that they didn't need to take. And, you know, the four goals he put up were nice, but you did need more from him. You needed more from him. But then you also have to remember he had a broken wrist. He broke his wrist, I believe it was game one of the Edmonton series. And that's what I mean when you talk about things like focusing on what matters. If you get into fights, you're going to face injuries and repercussions. And now you're costing your team goals, which obviously you need goals to win and to defeat your team or sorry, defeat your opponent. But he, he was a little selfish there. And you know, this was his first real postseason with a taste of success. So I don't blame him for getting excited there, but I wish that he had focused more on the hockey rather than the extracurriculars. And I think that that's fair to say for everyone because it could have been an entirely different story had he not broken his hand. It's just the truth, you know? I don't. I don't think it's irrational to say that he would have put put up more goals if he was playing at 100%. I think that it's absolutely bonkers to say that he would have stayed silent or been silenced the entire series against Edmonton, even if he was healthy. But coming up next, we are going to talk about Matthew's past antics and just how far he's come in a short period of time. And before we do that, though, we do have to uh, talk about Bet Online. Uh, number one, please gamble responsibly. I understand uh, completely if you skip over this. Uh, Bet Online is your number one source for all of your sports betting stats and info. Find all the latest sports developments, news, and odds, including this year's NBA matchup, uh, finals matchup, rather, the NHL conference finals. MLB, and of course, fighting news from MMA and UFC to boxing. Bet Online is your continued source for all of your sports wagering information, including live betting, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and actions. Bet Online, where the game starts. If you are so kindly inclined to follow me on Twitter, um, it's flashing on the screen right now, at Jess Belmosto. Uh, the, it's appreciated. <laughs> and while you are there, make sure you follow uh, 
the Twitter show or the show's Twitter feed rather, LO underscore flames pod. From suspensions, fines, and just typical trips to the penalty box, Matthew Kachuk has come a long way. Uh, I think I still think my favorite thing about the postseason from him was when he was asking Evander Kane if he needed money and like doing like the money like hand gesture um, because Evander Kane is a piece of trash. But uh, let's turn back the clock to the shortened season. Actually, not even. This was the bubble. So rewind. We're going back to tw- summer 2020. What a time that was. Um, the bubble started. He ends up injuring Mark Shifley. Everyone's saying, like, oh, that's intentional. He's trying to end people's careers. No. I don't think it was intentional. I think he showed a great amount of remorse for uh, injuring Mark Shifley. And, um, you know, I don't think he intentionally, like, cut his – I think it was, like, his – near his – it wasn't his Achilles. It was, like – a little bit higher up. But anyways, he became a target and then he ended up getting a concussion. And he was quite upset when the Flames were eliminated by none other than the Dallas Stars. And he was coming back, so this is now the shortened season, uh, with a chip on his shoulder. He wanted to win. He wanted to play. There were high expectations for this team because they had finally found a goaltender that was of playoff caliber. But the team just wasn't performing well. Jeff Ward could not get this team to do anything. Uh, It truly was like teaching old dogs new tricks because this team just kind of fell flat on its face and would not do anything. But Jeff Ward ends up fired. Okay. And then Daryl Sutter is coming in. And Sam Bennett gets traded, who is one of Kachuk's best friends. Uh, The Jake Muzzin incident happens. And so actually that was technically before Jeff Ward gets fired. But the Jake Muzzin incident happens. And if you don't remember what that is, that is when uh, at the end of the game against Toronto, um, Jake Muzzin like flipped a puck at Kachuk because Everyone was saying Kachuk, like, purposely fell on Jack Campbell to injure him. I don't know what to make of that. It's been a while since I've, like, watched the clip, but I don't – again, I don't see Matthew Kachuk as a player who would intentionally injure someone. But that is just me. That could be my bias. But uh, he ends up throwing a little bit of a temper tantrum, and there was the shift in the room when this happened. Everyone was kind of over Kachuk's antics. And Gio was the only person going to bat for him. And that's kind of when Gio lost the room, apparently. And, you know, it was just a little awkward and uncomfortable. But we knew that we had other things to look forward to or to uh, examine when we found out that it was more than likely going to be Mark Giordano who left in the Seattle Kraken expansion draft. And, of course, that was the only person sticking up for Kachuk. So he's probably feeling isolated on an island now that Riddick's gone, Sam Bennett's gone, Gio's gone. What are you going to do? What are you going to do to, you know, grow up and kind of help yourself and your team? 
hockey's a team sport, obviously. This isn't about individual awards or individual records. It's about a team. And things have changed for Matthew. He is a lot more focused on his game. And I think that that's, a, that's very obvious when you watch him. Uh, if you take out the fact that, you know, he broke his hand in the playoffs in a fight, I would say that he he is pretty uh, disciplined. And I, I don't I, – okay, I shouldn't say that. Like, he's not a Lady Bing candidate or nominee by any mean. But he has propelled himself to a new, you know, level in his playing. I think that he has absolutely realized that it's selfish of him to just constantly be in and out of the penalty box as – he's the one of the he's one of the team's best players like you can't just be giving your team a penalty to kill without you there (laughs) it's just it's silly you you're not going to get any reward out of this and you're costing your team a lot more and I hope that that's something that he uh takes with him in the playoffs or from the playoffs into next season regardless of where he plays, because I do think that he he's still young. He's 24 and he turns 25 in December. Um, shout out to December Sagittarius's, which he is. Um, but it's very obvious, even when he's addressing the media, that he wants to be a serious player. He he knows how good he is, and that's there's no problem with that. But it's also about accountability, and I think he's taken that accountability. I think that he has taken Daryl Sutter's advice and whatever coaching is going on behind the scenes there. I think he has taken that to heart. I think that he's taken, you know, a step back and focusing a lot more on his game and pouring more effort and energy into that. And at the end of the day, that's that's what you need. That's what you need to win. And hopefully next year he's still with the Flames and we can really take that again to the next level and care, let these lessons carry over and let there be success and be like, oh my gosh, look at how far he's come in even just a year. And this is by no means me saying that he had like a failure of a season. I think that would be incredibly rude and just a disservice for me to say. I think that he had a a great year, obviously breaking 100 points and 40 goals. But um, it's just it's time to kind of step into like your next like reputation era. Like, okay, you've you've toned it back a little bit, but now let's elevate your game. So like kind of like how Brad Marchand has done in terms of like, yeah, people hate me because I've done dumb things in the past, but I'm going to shut them up when I score, you know, when I have another 40 goal season. So I think we have a lot to look forward to when it comes to Matthew Kachuk. There are plenty of good things out there to look forward to. And uh, coming up next, I'm going to wrap up the show by kind of explaining what this RFA situation means what it, you know, what could happen uh, and stick around for that. Thank you so much for tuning into Locked on Flames. Make sure you are subscribed wherever you get your podcasts and please leave a nice little uh, five-star rating.
He's 24 years old, right? He's an RFA, which means he's a restricted free agent. And he has a $9 million qualifying offer. Do I think that Matthew Kachuk is playing $9 million hockey right uh, in the postseason? No. No, I do not. Do I think that the Flames will find a way to negotiate a contract? Yes. So with a qualifying offer, what that means is the team can qualify a player or they can not qualify him. Not qualifying him makes him a UFA. And if that happens by chance, I I don't see him walking. I don't. I see him wanting to stick around in Calgary. However, they can restructure a contract and there's more room for negotiations when it comes to the non-qualifying side of things. Because with restricted free agents, you really have like a little bit of wiggle room unless you're trading them. And if someone offer sheets Matthew Kachuk, I would lose my mind. I would absolutely lose my mind if somebody offer sheets Matthew Kachuk. Offer sheets aren't very, I would say they're rare, but we've seen so many of them, like at least two or three in the last two or three years. So, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if it doesn't happen, but I, I don't know if many teams can afford Matthew Kachuk's $9 million qualifying offer on top of like their already big salary cap uh, or their tight salary caps. I cannot talk today. Excuse me. Um, But again, if he isn't qualified, I I don't want people to think, oh my God, this is the end. He's going to St. Louis. Oh my God, he's going to St. Louis. Like, blah, 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 blah. No, I I think that he's going to stay. I think that he'll stay in Calgary. I think that he wants to win in Calgary. Uh, he seems to really like it. So when, if and when the time comes and you don't see them qualify him, I, I don't get too worried. Don't because the, you're not letting him walk for free. And at the same time, if they qualify him, don't be like, oh my god, they're overpaying him. Because I, I don't think he is. I don't think that nine million dollars would be an overpayment. But I don't see a world where he makes more money than Johnny Gaudreau, like in a realistic world. And like they, like Brady Kachuk said a few years ago, last year, year before, he said, when you negotiate with a Kachuk, you negotiate with the whole family. And I think that that's going to be the interesting part of this because he could, this could be one of those situations where we don't, have a contract until very late in the off season and people start to get worried, which is very fair. In my opinion, I would start to get worried too, but I am not overly worried. Again, it's just something to keep your eye on. Uh, negotiations can start whenever I believe. Um, but I, I don't know the deadline for, qualifying offers like they can extend it now I believe they just have like a 5 a 5 p.m deadlines at some point this summer and uh, I would assume it's before July 1st um, when free agency opens it's just a, I don't know I'm 
there's so many dates and numbers trying to remember this in hockey. So um, forgive me, but overall, <laughs> Matthew Kachuk gets an A for the season. Top line average is an A. Um, I am very excited to see what the rest of this future holds for Matthew Kachuk, regardless of if he's a flame or he goes elsewhere. I think that it's just going to be a really fun career to watch for him. And I would not doubt that at some point him and Brady will be teammates. So, all right, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning into Locked on Flames, and I will see you on Monday.